Hey, psst. Hey, listeners, can you keep a secret? We have a new sponsor, and not only are they sponsoring this episode, but they help us find other sponsors. It's called Podcorn, and honestly, we're obsessed. Why would we ever keep Podcorn a secret? I think we should shout it from the rooftops. If you're podcasters like us, Podcorn is a must. Whoa, that rhymed. <laughs> nice. Unintentional. You know what? You're right. Podcorn is a marketplace that connects brands and podcasts with sponsors while cutting out the middleman. It's worked so well for us, we've even been able to offset our production costs. Podcorn takes the pain out of finding sponsors, and the best part, Podcorn lets us choose our own rates and lets us choose from available sponsors and brands to find the ones that we love. Podcorn supports us the whole way, making sure we get that money, no matter what. If you have a podcast and you need a sugar daddy, go to our show notes, click the link, sign up for Podcorn, and then start browsing sponsorship opportunities. Trust us, you won't regret it. Bye. Quite. Unusual. Hello and welcome. I am Nicole. And I am Noelle. And we are the Quite Unusual Podcast. Yeah. And actually, I didn't put this in my script, what? so I'm going off script right now, but what? this episode no. will be releasing when? on someone's birthday? I don't... Whose who's birthday is this going to be releasing on? It's so weird. I can't even remember. I'm so sorry for screaming in your ear, but I'm just so excited for other people's birthdays. Um, let's see. It is Dot Baked Alaska Day. Okay. It's um, Ronda Rousey's birthday. Oh, classic. It's, Love her. Um, Charlie Chaplin's birthday. Is it? No, I have no idea on that. Well, no one's going to know. It's Charlie so. Chaplin's birthday. It's also Hitler's birthday. It's Hitler's birthday. Yeah, which is we don't talk about that one. Okay. Um, it is also uh, Harry Styles' birthday, arguably the most important birthday. The, the most important Harry. Oh, my gosh. Absolutely. Whatever Harry um, Brandon Lee of Crow fame. Oh, It's his birthday. R. Michael C. Hall, Dexter, who the second worst ending of any show of all time. Yeah, it's terrible. Mm-hmm. Boris Yelchin. Lauren oh. Conrad. Oh, okay. Elsie. Langston Hughes. All right. Uh, Pauly Shore. Pauly Shore. That's the winner. That's the winner. Let's see what else do we got here. I don't know who any of these people are. This person that's just named Rochelle. Okay. It's her birthday. Okay. Um, well, who else's birthday? Oh, uh, ja- Abby Jacobson. Love her. Oh, yeah. That's right. Absolutely that's right. love you know her. That. Um, who else's birthday is it, though? Um, this other, this uh, footballer. Oh. I don't know where he's from. We're, just, we're not. Uh, Giuseppe Rossi. Oh, Joy Man- Mangano. I don't know how to say her name. She's the one that did the Wonder Mob. Love oh. a Wonder Mob. Oh, Jennifer Lawrence played her in that terrible movie. I oh my god, I turned it off halfway through. It was so yeah, bad. It was bad. Um, but I think the point of this before we just ran off that list of the very important birthdays is what you were going. Very to say. great celebrities. Yeah, is that it's also Noel's birthday. I don't. I don't Honestly, I feel like I deserve the honor of sharing a birthday with Joy. With the Wonder Mop. The Wonder Mop. <laughs> Mangano and also Harry Styles. But for this year, I will I will take that into my heart. And I will also celebrate my birthday on the same day as them. The big 3-0. 
Remember a couple episodes ago when I was like, no, you're 30, I'm 29. That was like two episodes ago. (laughs) Well, technically, it's not actually the first. Okay. So I'm still 29. Hold on to that for as long as you can. I'm holding on so tight. Hold on. I'm biting it. That's how tight I'm holding on. You stay 29 for as long as you can. For as long as I can. So anyways, happy birthday to Noelle. Thank Everyone you. wish her a happy birthday on our Instagram. It's my birthday. Send her it's a DM. Birthday. I'm a fucking birthday princess. I can't wait for my birthday to come. It's today. If you're listening to this right now, I'm done. Yeah. Basically, everything that she just said, I also agree with. Yay. Um, I also have a fun little story that I wanted to chat about for a bit. Um, So I thought I might have been abducted by aliens this week. Oh, shit, dude. That was this week. That was this week. It feels like a month ago. I know, doesn't it? Yeah. So I woke up with a weird mark on my back. It was three red dots, almost directly in between Mm -hmm. my shoulder blades. And it hurt. And I was immediately like, it's an implant. They've implanted me. I'm one of the chosen ones. And a bright light shone upon you and heavenly voices began to sing. So, of course, the first thing I did, I texted Noelle. Honored. Sent her pictures. Did it. To the best of my ability because, you know, it was in my back. I had to wait for Austin to get home so he could measure because we also consulted our alien expert friends. Who are experts on aliens. And stuff. Yes. Because they run the Aliens and Stuff show. They know about things alien-related and also (laughs) stuff-related. They do. And they were like, well, you got to measure it. So I had to wait for Austin to get home so he could measure it. That picture that you sent me sent me over the edge. Did it really? (laughs) It was right in the middle of your shoulders, like right on your spine. Yeah. So I was so stoked. I was so sure. It had to be Aliens. No doubt in my mind. It's on your spinal column. It's three little dots in a row. Yeah. Freaking me out. Well, so he gets home, and he starts to measure it, and he's like, they all match. (gasps) The distance between all three dots, they match. And he's a huge skeptic when it comes to everything. And he was like, holy shit. So weird. And I was like, oh, my God, it's it's an alien. It's got to be aliens, right? And then I was like, oh, wait. You know, I actually did – I started wearing this new necklace. It's like a little spider pendant. Maybe we should see if those, mm. that matches up to the dots. So we did. Yeah. And it matched up perfectly. Yeah. Womp, womp. So I guess no alien abduction for me, but maybe one day a girl can dream, right? Well, honestly, it was a real letdown. Um, maybe next time I will keep my fingers crossed for you. Thank you. That you get abducted by an alien and not just Spider-Man, Tobey Maguire style. <laughs> But I would take being abducted abducted by him, though, too. Can you actually imagine what it would be like to be abducted by Tobey Maguire? Riding a barn owl? Can't wait. Majestic. I, yeah, you know what I, I do think. want it. Also, I'm so I sorry. Hope. If you guys can hear snowblowers happening right now, we are in the Ooh, middle of a blizzard. Right. It is snowing extremely hard, and I have to drive home after this. So Just live in my house. Fingers crossed I can make it. Do you want to sleep in the haunted attic overnight? I would sleep in the haunted attic. Well, I told I you that I would. I will set up a cot for you. I totally yeah. So apologize if you hear any low humming, I guess sounds. Yeah, it's like the shrieks of Jack Frost out there. Or right. We tried to wait, and then Noelle's neighbors stopped, mm-hmm. but then they just started again. So Back at it, baby. We're just gonna go with it. Yeah. We'll just remember it that way. So sorry. Anyways, let's get to our topic. 
for this week, shall we? Please. So they say that the eyes are the windows to the soul. But what if the eyes are pitch black? See where I'm going here? I don't. And what if the eyes belong to a child? Um... This week, we are talking about B-E-Ks or black-eyed kids. Oh, oh, I see what you you did there. There's actually a show on Hulu called They Come Knocking. Oh, really? Yeah, it has super great reviews, but I haven't watched it because I do not have Hulu and I refuse to pay more money for services. Oh, yeah. There's a lot of movies, a lot of books and shows about black-eyed children. And there is a movie, very appropriately named, Black Eyed Kids, that came out a few years ago and has terrible reviews. I saw that it was for rent on Amazon, and I watched the preview, and I was like, nope. No, not even worth, like... Looks bad. Not even, like, this looks bad. I'll watch it. Yeah, it's not even, like, a good bad. Regular bad. Don't watch it. Yeah. Well, I have Hulu, so maybe I should check out that show. You should. My mom has Hulu, actually. That's that's the way you gotta play it. You gotta have one... You got to get your parents to have one, maybe a sibling to have another one, and then you all share the same login. You are so smart. Cracked the code. Cracking the code. Cracking it. Well, I have a, I found a little quote on the intranet Mm. that I felt just really embodied today's episode. Okay. So let me just get in character here. Let me start my stumbler. Okay. Another thing about a child is that it's got lifeless eyes, black eyes, like a doll's eyes. Where did that quote come from? It's from a movie called Jaws about children with very large mouths and black eyes, I think. I never watched it. Oh, Jaws is the movie that that's from? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, it's about... Never heard of it. Children with black eyes, I believe. Oh, right. Yeah. Yeah. Never heard of it. Sorry. Well... You know what? I'll tell you a little bit about black-eyed children if you like. Please do. We can start off figuring out what the heck a black-eyed child is. Please tell us. Well, they're more than just children with black eyes. They're so much more. Black-eyed children are also an American musical group consisting of rappers, Will I Am, <laughs> Apple D App, Taboo, and Fergie jumping onto the scene in 2003 with their first major hit, Where Is the Love? From the album Elefunk, the group skyrocketed into fame. It's true because everyone let them in to the music industry. And then look what happened. That's right. Fergie butchered the national anthem at an NBA All-Star game and had to apologize to all of America. Do you remember that? No, I don't watch sport. I don't either, but I watch YouTube, and it is the funniest thing I've ever... She oversings it. Really? She does, it's like, yeah, she's like... Like, she tries to do this, like, weird thing, and everyone... Because there's a bunch of celebrities in the audience, they're all just laughing at her. Oh. It's really funny. You should watch it. Was it Fergalicious? It wasn't. That's the saddest part about it. It wasn't Fergalicious. Well... All right. Other than a wonderful musical group (laughs) and also a non-Fergalicious national anthem butchering singer, the Black Eyed Children are also an entity, a humanoid, if you will. We're just going to call them that for right now. Okay. Yeah, we'll go with it. So they exist in a form that looks like a human child. They look young, between 6 and 16 years of age. That's just a rough estimate. I mean, who can guess a child's age? Literally no one. Right. Just if you look like a child, you're... 
You're childlike. Your kid. Your child. Yeah. They are very small framed, usually very thin. The children are generally described as having very pale skin, a little sickly in appearance, and they look that of someone who just never, ever goes outside. Mm, There are reports of these B-E-Ks, as we're going to call them. Are we going B-E-K or Beck? Like the the other musical group, Beck. B-E-K. I think that's, yeah. I hate that, too. B-E-K sounds, it reminds me of like a serial killer or something. Yeah, B-T-K. B-T-K. Can I just say Black Eyed Kids? Yeah. It's going to add so much time to this episode, but I don't even care. Like two hours. At minimum. So um, we're going to go with Black Eyed Kids, or I guess we're going to mix it up probably. Yeah. They're sometimes described as having a blue or a bluish, purplish tint to their skin like that of a corpse. So you're saying that their skin is so pale that they look like a corpse. Yeah. So they could look like a corpse or just look like an Irish person like myself because my skin literally burns the moment it sees the sunlight. One time I said sunlight to Nicole. And she got burned. I went up in flames. It was really sad. <laughs> I've never used a fire extinguisher before, but I guess it's just, you just naturally you know, know that, how to do it. You know that scene in Hereditary when she burns the journal? Oh my God, and so I'm going to throw up. That's what it was like. I hate that movie so much. <laughs> the movie is awesome. It's so good and so spooky. It is, it is. Well, most importantly, the black-eyed children have solid, black, soulless eyes. Remember, like a doll's eyes. Mm-hmm. There is no white around their iris. In fact, there is no differentiation between their iris, their pupil, or their sclera, which I had to look up, which is the white part of your eye. That's what it's called. I was going to ask you. So thank it's you. It's the white bit. Hmm. Their eyes are said to have a certain disturbing, sinister, hypnotic quality to them. Their clothes are always very odd, off in some sort of way. Think like instead of wearing a regular hoodie, just like, you know, a hoodie that you would Picture a hoodie, right, that kind of hoodie. Right. They are seen wearing a t-shirt with an oversized hood. So it's like just a little <laughs> off. Right. They always wear hoods or hats to cover their faces and their eyes. They dress kind of like close to what current fashion would be, I guess. Mm-hmm. But it's just a little wrong. Like if you try to describe what an outfit is from memory instead of actually seeing like a cool, hip, urban outfit. So... Say it's the 90s mm-hmm. and you see someone wearing those super cool Jinko jeans. Oh, totally. But they're just a little too baggy like that. Exactly like that. Like okay. the flare seems a little too flared. Too flare. And the pockets don't seem like they go exactly down to the ground. Mm. Yeah, like that's how you know. Okay. Mm-hmm. Got it. <laughs> Jinko jeans are ridiculous and I'm so jealous and I want a pair so bad. I want some so bad too. <laughs> I feel like I text you about once a month. About Nicole, can we get Jinko jeans? Yeah. And I always say yes. And I'm waiting for... They're so expensive. Are they? They're like, yeah, like crazy expensive. Well, if you think about oh, it, they use them. approximately 18 yards of denim to make one pair. It takes 17 pairs of normal jeans to make one of those. Yes. So correct. makes sense. Yeah. So it makes sense. Well... <laughs> It's exactly like that. Seriously, though, the children have a dirty, greasy look to them. Like, their Jinko jeans are totally stained. Gross. Yeah, but not like they just haven't showered in a long time. It's this greasy, deep-down dirty where you can just picture what a person would smell like by seeing them. That kind of dirty, greasy. Gross. The young children are described as wearing sort of an old-timey style of clothing. But, again, very dirty, very worn-looking. 
They always wear dark colors like black or a dark brown. And just picturing this in my mind, it's giving me big Lady Gaga children from American Horror Story vibes. Oh. Like old timey little kids. Yeah. I forgot about that season. The yeah. hotel season. It was like one of the worst seasons. Yeah. Yeah. It was pretty bad. She won an, uh, the Golden Globe for that though. Why? Her performance was good? I don't know. Was it? Or was she just Lady Gaga? She was just Lady Gaga in American Horror Story. (laughs) Yeah, that seems about right. Yep. Also, they are always dressed wrong for the weather. That is to say that they never, ever wear jackets or coats, but they never seem cold. Like, they're totally immune to whatever the weather is, which is weird, because when I was little, if I ever even thinked about leaving, thinked, thought, about leaving the house without a coat, my mama would beat the shit out of me. Oh, totally. Everyone. Everyone's mom. Did I mean, that. just kidding. Do you have a coat with you? Don't forget your coat. Oh, yeah, yeah. She never actually beat me because I never went outside without my goddamn coat. Yeah. And now I feel like I bundle up in like seven coats whenever I go outside. So you're wearing a coat right hey, now. I am. It's kind of warm in here. So I don't know what you're doing. I'm freezing. I, you know what? I get it, girl. You got to do what you got to do. It is a blizzard outside. We've said it before. <laughs> yep. I'm super, super hooked on this whole weird old-timey clothing thing. I, f- You know what? Let me finish describing these little creeps, and then I'll, we'll get back to that, okay? All right. Sounds like a plan. All right. So speaking of very stinky people, the black-eyed children also stink super terribly. Sometimes they smell like sulfur, oh. but they always smell terrible no matter what it is. I've heard... That they smell like really, really bad breath or like rancid milk. Just a very, like the most disgusting smell you can think of. Okay. But (laughs) they exude confidence. And confidence is key. Yet at the same time, they seem shy. That's right. A little mixed signal situation here. They always avoid your gaze, looking down to hide their dark, lightless eyes. The children speak with eloquence, which is obviously where this confidence is coming from. Far beyond that of a child. Their mannerisms and the cadence of their voices will be like an adult's. They're highly intelligent. They're calm. They're cool. They're collected. And sometimes they even have the voice of an adult much deeper than any child ever should. And there's really nothing scarier than a child with like a deep adult voice. It's not natural. Like a demon voice. Oh my God, so gross. That's creepier to me than, I don't know. Just a normal adult having a demon voice, I guess. Because you expect this cute little high-pitched voice to come out of a child. Right. It's like unnerving when you something else comes out of them. Yeah. And then when they roll up and shake your hand, they're like, Ron, it's me. I can't think of another adult name. The only adult name I know is Ron. But yeah, it's just really weird, right? They also smell like eggs. Rotten eggs. Terrible. Well, they travel in groups, very stinky groups. Always two or more. They can be found trying to hitchhike or panhandle, like beg for money, I guess. Mm -hmm. Um, Do we still use the word panhandle? I don't know. Does anyone get offended by that? I don't think so. I don't think so. People know what that is, though? I think so. They beg for money. Yeah. 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 Or they try to ask for a favor of an unsuspecting adult person. The favors come in the way of asking to make a phone call, asking for a ride somewhere, like home to their parents, asking for food or a drink of water, asking to please use the bathroom, mister, because this is an emergency. I Wait, love, I love your little kid voice. Uh, <laughs> it's thanks. like one of your voices that you have that you always do. Yeah. And I just 
it just makes me laugh every time. Oh, thanks. I'm going to do so much in this episode. <laughs> Please do. The important trend here is that they are always asking to get closer to you. Mm. They're asking to get inside your house. They're asking to get inside your car. They want to be right up next to you in your personal space. Mm. This stinky ass little greasy kid. Gross. With black eyes. The encounters typically happen near abandoned or deserted areas such as parking lots or along dark roads. More alarmingly, the children have been known to show up at a person's own doorstep out of the blue. And that's important because they do show up. You never see them walking up or getting on a bus or anything like that. They just kind of are there. Yeah, they just like, bam, hey, we're here. Yeah, super creepy. And it is here that they will ask for help, just a simple favor. They'll always ask to come inside. Should I do my little kid voice more? Yes. Oh, can we use your phone? Or they'll ask for a ride. Oh, will you drive me home? (laughs) One story I saw said that the children came in, or they came to the door, Mm -hmm. and they asked to use a telegraph. Oh. Which, okay, one, what year is this? Yeah. And also... When it was, like, telegraph-appropriate year. Right. Did people have telegraphs in their homes? Like, people had telephones? Uh, What even... uh, This is probably sounding stupid right now. What even is the telegraph? Honestly, I have no idea. I unsubscribed to Telegraph Monthly because it only came (laughs) through Telegraph, and I don't have one. No one has a telegraph. No one has one. So, I guess that answered my question. Goodbye, Telegraph. You can't use it because I don't have it, kid. They're always needing to be invited inside, but they never just go inside. Mm-hmm. They never, ever just storm in, which is reminding me of that one story from our Skinwalker Ranch series where mm-hmm. there was a family that said that they saw skinwalkers. And then like the next day they were, it was the middle of the night and they were at their house and they heard right. some weird noises outside yeah. and the skinwalkers were outside their fence, but they couldn't cross the fence. Mm. Like yeah. They couldn't cross this barrier. Wasn't it because they had uh, protections or they had. Yeah. They're like Native American. Yeah. So they, they, yeah. Something like that, like a talisman or something. Yeah. So these black eyed children, they're like that too. They yeah. can't barge into your home sort of like. I guess a vampire. Yeah. Unless they're invited. Exactly. So if you see black-eyed children outside of your home, um, don't invite them in. Don't do that. don't do it. But they will stop and they will stare at you and it will be uncomfortable. And then usually they will approach you and they will ask for their typical favor to be let inside or use your telegraph or whatever. (laughs) Um, They're typically seen playing very simple games like that weird stick and hoop thing that old-timey kids play or like yeah, when you just beat the hoop with the stick yeah for some reason and that's like a cool game i guess they didn't have the internet give yeah. me a break well yeah you're right i guess um or they jump rope or hopscotch or they sing those super sing those super creepy nursery rhymes do kids do that anymore do they sing nursery rhymes i don't think so i think horror movies sort of phased that out because i mean if i walked past a group of children singing nursery rhymes I'd probably just run because I've been conditioned by horror movies, specifically Nightmare on Elm Street, to know that that shit is just creepy. So there is nothing creepier than a child singing. Y- yeah. Uh, this sounds yes. terrible. I'm not no, a mother. No, you're 100% Do true. not judge me, but you're I feel like every true. parent that's listening right now will also agree. Yeah. 
if you hear your kid in the middle of the night sitting in their crib, <laughs> you're listening on the baby monitor, and they're like, twinkle, twinkle, little star. <laughs> and then they like whip around and they look directly at the monitor, but they don't know that it's a monitor and they're like making eye contact through it. And then they like start hovering in their crib. Nope. Mm-mm. Nope. And then things start to hover in the room and the dogs start to act weird. Oh, and- my God. I'm yeah. so scared right we'll now. just stop right here. <laughs> I want to stop. I want to stop. When a person is approached by a black-eyed child, a sense of fear takes over their body. Unexplainable deep dread, almost as if your flight or fight response is kicking in. But without a real reason, too, because it's just a child. Right. Exactly. And actually, we sort of talked about that in our last episode, you know, that gut feeling that... You just have some, like, something's off, like, something's not right. And that happens all the time with black-eyed kids. And it's, I guess, just another reason to trust your intuition. And never trust a child. And never trust a child. No, that's the moral here. Never trust a child. Yes. Those who have had encounters with the BEKs, I hate that. I'm saying black-eyed children. I know, I hate it, too. It's terrible. Yeah. Um, They feel that the children are dangerous in nature, like a feral animal, almost. But they're unable to describe why. People that are asked these favors find themselves giving in subconsciously, unless they're lucky enough to catch themselves midway through letting the children inside. A person will unlock their door, even though their gut is screaming at them not to. Some say that they feel as though the children have a mind control power, and that they will the adult into doing what is requested of them. Also, they look like kids. So if a kid comes to your door and they're asking for help, I think everyone's first instinct would just be like, oh, honey, let me come in. Let me help you. Right? right of course. Because they're children. But it's that feeling that you have and just trust it and just protect yourself. Yeah. Don't let them in. Do not let them in. If you happen to see their eyes, they become very irate, and then they begin to demand that you comply with their requests. Mm. No longer asking, but demanding. Their tone becomes harsher, their voice is louder, and they just become really aggressive. There's a lot of stories of people saying that the children's eyes looked normal, and then they changed to look all black. Or that the people just didn't notice at first that their eyes were all black. Mm -hmm. Almost like the whites were there and then had worn off to reveal something underneath. If you tell them no, they get very aggressive. Again, like a wild, feral creature. Mm -hmm. They seethe with anger and animal instinct. They'll pound on your door. They'll threaten you. They'll peer through your window and just do like other super creepy little kid shit. (laughs) Also, they often appear in your dreams after you've seen them to haunt you. Ooh. Sometimes against your better judgment or possibly because of too much empathy, a person will let a black-eyed child into their homes or their vehicle, assuming that they're just helping a child because that's what you do as an adult. Exactly, yeah. There are no reports of a person that I could find who let a child in and lived to tell the tale. The black-eyed children kill all that invite them in. So whatever you do, never, ever help a child, (laughs) especially if they ask you for help. And that's what I've learned from my research. I actually do have a story that I'll read later on. Dang it! And it is about a person who let a black-eyed kid in. And they lived? 
well, usually what happens is that the person doesn't die right away, or I guess in this case, there are very few reported encounters of someone actually letting in a black-eyed kid, and usually people, I mean, what they usually do is they have the wherewithal to deny these kids because of, like you said, that feeling of dread, it overcomes them, but Mm -hmm. some people do let them in. And what I found on the few accounts is that the people who let them in afterwards become sick and bad things happen. I'll get into more of it later, um, but I do have an encounter to share, so can't wait. Get ready for that. Well, no one really knows where these spooky-ass black-eyed kids come from, but there are a lot of would-be explanations ranging from the spirits of murdered children Mm-hmm. To the harbingers of ill will. Uh, there's a dog barking. <laughs> Paranormal bringers of doom onto specific individuals. They could be extraterrestrials. They could be demons. They could be vampires. Mm-hmm. I don't know. The list, they could just be weird-ass kids. They could be anything. Literally anything. They could just be really weird kids. <laughs> just super weird. <laughs> Which, uh, I want to talk about weird kids for one second. But most importantly... Mm-hmm. Vampires and demons are legendary for being needed to be invited into a person's space that or home. Right. Yeah. Otherwise, they can't come in. Mm-hmm. And actually, if you want to hear us get into more about what we really think the kids are, we'll be chatting about that on our after show. So if you want to hear more about that, be sure to join our Patreon. That's right. Hit us up there. But I have a story, and I think when it it comes to the stories of the Black Eyed Kids, especially in the U.S., this is like the the number one story, I guess, kind of the story that put these encounters on the map and brought BEKs or Black Eyed Kids to the public's attention, if you will. Yeah, for sure. And that is the story of Brian Bethel. And you can't talk about Black Eyed Kids without talking about this story. So literally can't. He has a copyright on it and he will sue (laughs) you. He will sue the shit out of you. So Brian Bethel is a journalist from Abilene, Texas. And this is his story. Brian's story takes place in 1996 in the spring or summer. He can't really remember that's just what he put spring or summer so well it was warm so it was warm whatever so the kids actually they could have been wearing jinko jeans with too large of a pant leg in this scenario because Whoa. it was 1996 they probably were probably so were. spooky so during this whole story please envision these children wearing jinko jeans yeah and they're wearing a shirt that instead of saying 99 percent angel one percent devil mm. It says 93% angel, 15% devil. And it doesn't make any sense. And that makes no (laughs) sense. So our story goes like this. It was late at night, and Brian was making his way over to drop off and pay his internet bill. And he decided to pull off into a movie theater parking lot. And he was actually using the theater's marquee light to write a check for his bill. He says... Around this time, it was 9 o'clock at night. Right. This is before when you had the internet, but you couldn't use the internet to pay your internet bill. Right. Yeah. Like, you had to write a check still. You had to write a check Mm -hmm. to pay your internet bill. Weird. So weird. 96. So while he's sitting in his car, two boys approach the driver's side window, and they tapped on it. And Brian, like we said before, he was kind of engrossed in what he was doing, 
but he did not see these boys approach. So Brian, doing as any normal adult would, right, writing a check, unrolled his window and, you know, thought that maybe these kids, they just wanted some money from him. Right. So he unrolls, he rolls down his window and he's all of a sudden just met with a sudden, as he describes it, a soul-wrecking fear. Whoa. And he didn't know why, because these were just kids, you know? Brian described the boys as being aged 9 to 12. One was olive-skinned with curly brown hair, and the other was pale with red hair and freckles. Both boys wore hooded sweatshirts and, like I said, probably had Jinko jeans on. Yeah, they had, like, Ninko jeans. Yeah. Yeah. The children that Bethel saw were actually just us. (laughs) One was overly confident, had brown hair and olive Mm. skin. Yes. The other was apprehensive, but did not back down. (laughs) Had reddish hair, pale skin, and freckles. Does that sound like two little boys you know? Uh, Well, it's true, because we could both pass for little boys. I have been... I have been been called sir. I have been called sir before. Sir, young man. Young man. (laughs) So I can see how Brian made that mistake. I mean, the olive-skinned boy, or Noel, told Brian that the two had come to the movie theater to see a showing of Mortal Kombat, which is a fantastic movie, and I love it. And I actually remember seeing Mortal Kombat in theaters back when the Displays Theater was open and was a thing. Remember when that was a theater? The boy told Brian that they, him and his brother... I guess the freckled person is his brother Nicole. In this that Nicole and Noel. That N- Nicole and Noel had left their money at their mother's house and that they needed a ride to go home and get their money. And then they needed him to bring them back to the theater. Of course. Which, let's talk about that for a second. Because, first of all, it's weird that they're asking for a ride to get money. I mean, wouldn't it just be easier for Brian to give them money? Right. And this request also struck Brian as being weird because the movie had already started. Oh. It was set to start at 9.30, and he said that it was already around 9.45. So by the time he took them home and they grabbed their money, and then by the time he would be able to drive them back, the movie would already be halfway over, if not mostly over. So what's the point of doing that yeah that makes no sense also this seems very late for children to be out yes brian also said that this boy the olive-skinned one noel did all of the talking wow on brand very on brand (laughs) and brian referred to him as the spokesman in his recount of the story so he said that this kid was very smooth and that he spoke almost like he was an adult right cool calm and collected cool calm and collected the other kid, Nicole, me, was just sort of in the background, never spoke, but he was just sort of there. Oh, Nicole. Also me, I guess. <laughs> On brand. The boy said, it wouldn't take long. We're just two little kids. We don't have a gun or anything. That's a weird thing to say. Which is not a reassuring thing to say to someone. No. Like, hi, nice to meet you. Just so you know, I don't have a gun. Wow, because you said that, I definitely think you have a gun. Exactly. When Brian looked up at the marquee and looked back, he told them that the movie had already started, but when he broke eye contact and looked back at the kids, all he saw was pitch black eyes. Brian described it as, end quote, the sort of eyes one sees these days on aliens or bargain basement vampires on late night television. Soulless orbs like two great swaths of a starless night. Beautiful. And his fear 
became a panic. Well, this is just like I was talking about earlier. You don't notice that their eyes are weird mm-hmm. and all black. And then something happens and you look again and holy shit. There it is. So once Brian recognizes that their eyes are black, he immediately knows that something is off and he's still wrapped up in his fear. So he makes an excuse. He tells them he can't give them a ride. And this is when the older boy starts to get extremely frustrated. Uh Uh-oh. Brian rolled up his window And then the olive skin boy started to bang harder on the window and he raised his voice and he told Brian, Mr. We can't come in unless you tell us it's okay. Let us in. To which Brian was like, "Uh uh-uh, hell no. And he peeled out of there as fast as he could. That would be fucking terrifying. Yeah. As he drove away, completely terrified, he looked back in his rearview mirror and he had noticed that the children had vanished. He says that even if they were running, there would be absolutely no way that they could get out of the parking lot and out of his view quick enough. They just disappeared. So they just vanished. Uh-huh. Brian has been featured on the TV show Monsters and Mysteries, though he doesn't really recommend that account. Um, I, I don't think they really twisted his words, but he said that they made him re-say things with more emotion. Oh. Kind of like, I guess, trying to make it seem cooler for TV. He also wrote about his account for his local newspaper, which I have a link to. And obviously, like always, it'll be provided. So if you want to check that out, it will be provided for your viewing pleasure in our description. Brian has been asked many times about his encounter, and he has done many interviews talking about this thing that happened to him. And if you ask him, he doesn't have an answer for what he encountered that night. He does make the point that it was 1996, so... Blackout contacts weren't widely available, especially to kids in Texas at that time. He said there would be no time for the boys to put them on in the brief moment from when he broke their gaze. So that's just like completely out of the question. Also, I looked up these all blackout contacts. Mm-hmm. I'm like, well, these are fucking dope as hell, right? Probably expensive. They are so expensive. They're like $500. Yeah. So these children do not have the money for this. Right. They don't they're not, even have the money to see Mortal Kombat. Yeah, they're not like buying $500 contacts to pull a sick prank. Right, exactly. On some random guy in a parking lot. Yeah, and also I was like watching a YouTube video on how to put them on. Mm-hmm. And it's super scary because they go over basically your whole yeah. eyeball. They use them in uh, like Supernatural. They're, all the demons have like the complete blackout. And they're apparently really extremely difficult to put on Uh and extremely uncomfortable to wear yes and also very hard to see through Mm -hmm. so i'm gonna just say no these shit-ass little kids don't have these blackout contacts yeah probably not gonna go with that too yeah now this is a quote from brian and i just wanted to add it in and he says as much as i still don't know about what happened that night and why here's one thing that i do know it's a gut feeling but one that rises to a level of almost certainty. If I had given the spokesman and his friend a ride on that long-ago evening, I don't think I would be here to type this now. Spooky. So he 100% is like, if I let them in, I'd be dead. I have a question for you. Yes. What would be scarier? Two children in old-timey weird clothing, mm-hmm. knocking on your window in a parking lot, being mm-hmm. like, Mr. Let me in right now! You gotta invite me in or I can't come in! 
or Michael or, Keaton being like, "Hey girl, you got a dollar." Michael Keaton being like, "Hey girl, you have, you got a dollar." Why? Because he's got nothing to lose, God man. Damn it, Michael Keaton. <laughs> <sighs> he wins it every time. He wins it. He can never lose. Never. Because he's got nothing to lose. Because he's got nothing to lose. <laughs> well, to every yang, there must be a yin. So for the black-eyed mm. kids, there is a counterpart. The white-eyed kids. Aww. I know. So cute. Also scary. Much like their black-eyed children counterparts, um, they are very similar in appearance. The white-eyed children are small. They're very strange. But there is one major difference. Instead of having these pitch black eyes, their eyes are solid white with no color whatsoever. White-eyed kids remind me of the movie Village of the Damned. Have you seen that movie? Mm-mm. Oh, it's an old, older movie. But basically, it's there's these kids, and they all have white hair, and they have white eyes. And women in this town, I don't even think it's a specific town, but a couple women just randomly get pregnant all at the same time and they all have these babies and they have these freakishly weird talents and they're all really smart and they grow up super fast and then they start to have like telekinetic powers and they start controlling like the adults and it just reading about black-eyed kids and white-eyed kids it just made me think of that movie well that sounds exactly like them yeah and also i'm going to look up that movie so thank you the white-eyed kids are also known to knock on front doors and car windows looking for adults. The white-eyed kids are also known to knock on front doors and car windows looking for adults. But contrary to the black-eyed children, the white-eyed do not seem to need to be invited into a space. Instead, they seem to be able to move about unrestricted, unlike their little cousins with the creepy-ass black eyes. <laughs> So instead, the white-eyed kids will appear inside of a house suddenly, where they then stand motionless, staring at the witness without a drop of emotion on their face. Oh, that's completely natural. Just totally cool and not scary or anything. Mm -mm. Hey, I'm in your house now. Imagine you're in the kitchen and you turn around and there's just a little kid with white eyes and he's like, did you get that crunchy peanut butter this time? (laughs) I would kick it. I would fucking, I would burn my house down. You'd run away and burn your house down? No, I would burn it down just standing right there. I don't even care. You'd go down with it? I don't, you gotta go down with your shit, man. They also have the ability to communicate telepathically with basically anyone. And they also seem capable of mind control as well. Children of the damned. I'm telling you. It sounds exactly like it. Yeah. As I mentioned earlier, the black-eyed kids travel in groups of two or more, but it seems that the white-eyed kids are more independent and they prefer to travel alone. Solo travel situation. The white-eyed children will follow a person for days or for weeks. They can be seen staring emotionless at the witness, which is fine and normal. (laughs) Um, Super chill. Yeah, definitely. They don't usually talk. And they don't move a lot. So they sort of appear, mm-hmm. stare at you deep into your soul, communicate something telepathically, and then I guess that's it. And then you die? Well, not necessarily. Okay. The children have been known to leave handprints on glass windows and cars, which is different from the black-eyed kids mm-hmm. because they don't do that, even though they're greasy as hell. So I don't know how they're not leaving <laughs> a bunch fingerprints of everywhere. Yeah. 
But like they, a grease trail behind them. Exactly. But these white-eyed children do this. I don't know if it's a way of like intimidating the people that they stalk or what that's about. But witnesses also report not feeling anything odd with the conversation that they have with the white-eyed children until they disappear. So they'll have a conversation with this child, but it's all telepathic and they don't realize it until the child just vanishes. And they're also not scared when it's happening or after, right? Right, right. It just seems totally normal. Mm. Some people think that the white-eyed children are messengers or ultra-terrestrials, maybe angels or spirits from beyond to send a warning of impending doom or death, much like how some people think of Mothman Mm, and how he comes to warn anyone who will listen about danger. And anyone who wants a piece of his Hot, hot ass. Juicy, tight, little <laughs> ass. Gotta objectify Mothman every chance we get. Got to. You know, he loves it. He does. He loves it. He was texting me the other day. Oh, yeah? Oh, yeah. Pictures of his yeah. steel buns. You know I forwarded them to mm-hmm. you. Mm-hmm. The encounters with these children are often similar to that of the black-eyed children. You'll see the child approaching at night to your house or your car but it seems like they also come out of nowhere and just materialize a few feet away. Mm-hmm. But again, it's not scary. One thing I thought was super interesting about the children is that they're commonly seen as having all white or very light hair. So like your children of the dam situation. Yep. It's giving me big vibes there. Yeah. Can Almost I, exactly. Yeah. Basically, yeah. I feel like that's a white-eyed kid story. For sure. Mm-hmm. Can I read a story that I found of one encounter with a white-eyed child? Absolutely. Okay, it's just a short one. There are tons and tons out there, but this one was creepy and it was fun, so I want to read it. This comes from a website called phantomsandmonsters.com, but as all good stories, it originally came from Reddit. You just, you're, you love Reddit. I fucking love Reddit, dude. It's where I get 100% of my information from. So the story starts... I had an experience with white-eyed kid. All right. Already starting off great. (laughs) It was 12 years ago, 2005, and I was driving through the petrified Forest National Park in Arizona. I pulled over on a deserted stretch of road just after sunset. I hadn't seen a car for at least an hour and a half. I got out to have a smoke and check the map, and out of nowhere, there was a kid who looked maybe 13 in a hoodie and jeans, Jinko. She Mm -hmm. asked if I would give her a ride. I couldn't because I was packed to the gills in the middle of moving, so I declined but offered to let her use my phone so she could call someone. I even offered to wait with her until someone picked her up. She became livid and gave me a grimace, which is when I noticed the eyes, pure white. I opened my trunk and I grabbed a sandwich and a bottle of water, set them on the ground and got back into my car. Within a week, I was in the hospital with complete renal failure, with no idea from the doctors why it happened. I ended up flatlining twice. That's dying for all of you non-medical types out there. He died twice. He done died two times. I didn't think much about it until I was telling my Nana, who's from Norway, about it, and she told me that they're death harbingers. What's the most unnerving about the fact is that I had seen her a few more times afterward in multiple cities and states. Whoa. That's the child, not the Nana. (laughs) If you weren't catching that. The child, not the Nana. Yeah, so super spooky, and then... Mm, 
I don't know. Maybe this could cause renal failure. Yeah. And to flatline twice. Well, they do. They can cause you to be sick. That's the coolest way of saying that you died. I flatlined twice. I'm in the flatliners club. Flatlined twice. Damn. So some stories say that these white-eyed kids are the anti-black-eyed kids. The natural enemy of them, if you will. Like when you're playing checkers and you're red and then the other person's black and you have to like get all the mm-hmm. black ones, but you're like a red one. Right. It's or a- chess with black and white. You should have used that because it <laughs> makes more sense with the color no. scheme that we have. No. <laughs> I'm boycotting Queen's Gambit. Same. I refuse to watch it. Oh, I watched it. It's really good. Oh, shit. Yeah. Damn it. I'm waiting for the checkers one about the checkers <laughs> champion. Others say that they are the good version, that they try to scare people into leaving before the black-eyed kids show up. Or possibly that they are there, like we said earlier, to warn you of something, Mm -hmm. whether it's of a health problem, like, hey, you got renal failure or whatever that you were unaware of, like a tumor or, I don't know, maybe they're trying to get you to leave your home before a fire breaks out. Mm -hmm. They're just there to warn you in some way. Right. Can I tell you what I think? Please do. I honestly think that they're just another version of a black-eyed child. Like, whatever Mm. scent the black-eyed kids can't figure out how to make human eyes look. So they Mm. tried the all-black thing because we got the pupil action. Yeah. Now they're trying this all-white thing. It's not working either. Mm. Yeah. Like, when you draw, like, a really, really good person, but then you can't figure out how to draw the hands. So you just, like... <laughs> the hands are the worst. They're so hard. No one can ever so, draw hands. They're so hard. So you just draw, like, like their glove, arms. A weird glove. <laughs> yeah, or their hands, like, in their pockets. That was my go-to move. Yeah. Yeah. So they can't quite get the eyes right. Mm. So they're just sending out different versions. Mm, or, like hear me out, what if they're an evolution of the black-eyed kids? Oh. Like they're born or they're created with a similar look to that of us human beings, right. us fellow humans, which makes <laughs> them harder to detect maybe and makes their chance of survival stronger. Hmm. I don't know. I feel like they're just as spooky and probably evil, but that's me. I like those theories, but I do. I, so I found a story actually relating to how white-eyed kids might actually be be here as a force to combat the black-eyed kids. Ooh. I read a story. It was about a couple. I They had an encounter with a black-eyed kid. A group of them came to their home, asked them to be let in. They felt something was wrong. And eventually they spotted, you know, the black eyes. Like right. the facade went away. Then there was the black eyes spooky so they said no please leave close the door locked it we're extremely freaked out mm-hmm. and then a few minutes later they received another knock and then fearing it was the same kids that had come before they cautiously opened it but instead of finding the weird smelly greasy kids yeah they found a young girl and she had white eyes and like you mentioned before mm-hmm. they didn't feel the same fear that they had with this that they have the other kids with this girl they just felt calm like everything was going to be okay and the girl asked them if they had just been visited by a group of kids Whoa. to which they responded yes and then the girl told them something along the lines of don't worry about them anymore they won't be back so almost as if she were patrolling for them or mm. looking for them I don't know. To me, that specific story shows that maybe they could be the good guys. 
But then we also have the encounters of them bringing harm. So who knows? Maybe, like you said, they are an advanced species. And maybe they're like the bosses. Maybe they're hunting the black-eyed kids. Or that. Ooh. Mm. I want to talk about this more, but we should probably just do that on the after show. After show. And skip to the facts right now. Yup. All right. So... We have our stories of our white-eyed kids and our Brian Bethel encounter. I want to talk about some international stories cool. that happened before our first Brian Bethel story that we have. So Brian Bethel's story is sometimes regarded as the very first encounter, mm-hmm. but that's actually not true. So let's get into some stories that happened before Brian Bethel's account. Is this like how they say BCE, like before common error. This is going to be <laughs> BBE before Brian error. Yeah. Okay, perfect. Yeah. We'll go with that. We'll go We'll go triple B before Brian Bethel. Mm. There it is. Yes, love it. Mm-hmm. So the first story I want to talk about is the story of the black-eyed girl who is said to haunt Canic Chase in the countryside of Staffordshire in England. And I hope I pronounced that right. Because I looked it up online, and I'm not sure. But we have British friends, so they're probably listening to this, and they will tell me if I'm wrong. They absolutely will. So then they will make fun of us. Let us know, guys. (laughs) Apparently, this area, Canic Chase, is known for just being a hot spot for all things paranormal. So sightings of giant cats, big black dogs, werewolves, Bigfoot, Pigman even, aliens... And, of course, our topic today, black-eyed kids have Um, been reported in this area. Why don't we go to there? Well, I was going to just suggest to add Canic Chase to our paranormal international road trip. Done. Consider it done. So, first one on the list, I guess. We have a couple other ones. So, we'll just put that on the list. So, a little background first. The area actually does have a very dark past. In the 1960s, a man stalked the area in search for young girls. Oh, no. In September of 1965, six-year-old Margaret Reynolds was abducted on her way to school. 2,000 people formed a search party to look for her, but they could not find her. Then months later, another little girl was taken from the same area named Diane Tift. And she had left to go visit her grandma, but she never made it to her grandmother's house. In January of 1966, a man found the body of a dead girl in a ditch in Canic Chase, and he immediately called the police. Once the police arrived, they discovered something even more grisly. After removing the body spotted by the man, they discovered a second body underneath the first body. What? So the bodies of Margaret Reynolds and Diane Tift were found stacked on top of each other in the same ditch. Like fucking Pringles. This is absolutely sick. Yeah. In August of 1967, a man came across seven-year-old Christine Darby walking alone on the side of the road. He pulled up next to her and asked her to get into his car. Another kid nearby witnessed Christine getting into this man's car, and that was the last time anyone saw her alive ever again. Wow, this is absolutely terrible. Her body was found days later. She was sexually assaulted. She was strangled to death. 
and then her body was dumped a mile away from where the other two girls had been found. This is so fucked up. Yeah. The killer tried a fourth time, but this time his attempt was thwarted by a neighbor who had witnessed him trying to abduct the young girl. The neighbor saw this happening, and they yelled at the man, and he drove away. But not before this neighbor could get the man's license plate number. Hell yeah, neighbor. Go neighbor. The neighbor called the police, and Raymond Morris, who was a factory worker, was arrested for the murders. Oh, is that the pig man that you were talking about? Probably. Yeah, yeah. sounds like it. <laughs> he was convicted, and he received a life sentence in prison, in which he died in 2014. Good, fuck him. Sightings of a girl with black eyes have been reported at Canic Chase, which, like I said before, just a huge hotspot in England for all things paranormal. Several people claim to have actual video footage of this girl who is seen in all white with completely blacked out eyes in Canic Chase, which I watched, but it honestly doesn't look like much to me. So I don't know. I don't really take it as evidence. One couple, however, recounts a black eyed kid sighting that they had one day while walking through Canic Chase. And this is their story. So on Saturday, September 13th, my wife and I were walking through Canic Chase near to Style Cop with our dog. When we had entered the woodland, the road was no longer visible we started to hear the giggling noise of a little girl. To our amazement, a child, no taller than one meter in height, so British, one meter. Who knows how tall that is? No one. (laughs) No one. Appeared as if out of nowhere, further up the path in front of us. We stopped dead in our tracks after noticing her eyes had no color. Her head was tilted to the side in the same manner as if it would appear if she had been hung. Oh my God, that's morbid. She stared at us for around five minutes before running away into a densely grouped area of trees. My wife wanted to follow her, but I was having none of it. Would you follow? I would follow. I know you would. I would have none of it. Yeah. So that's one account. That's so spooky that her neck, like the bent neck lady. Ooh. From From Haunting of Hill House? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Spooky. So I don't know. That one kind of seems maybe like it could have just been a ghost. Doesn't really fit the black eyed kids, but she did have black eyes. She did. And when I was researching that, Canic Chase just kept on coming up, coming up, coming up. So I felt like it was something I should add. I think so. It could have been one. They do say that it could be the spirit of like a scorned or murdered child. So why not? Then we have another story. And this story took place in 1982. And it involves an 18-year-old girl who was walking through Canic Chase when she heard cries of a child nearby. The girl ran towards the sound because the child sounded like they were in trouble. Yeah. So naturally, that's what you do. Of course. And she came across a little girl who looked to be between six to eight years old. The girl was running away from the 18-year-old woman, screaming, saying, help, mommy, help. It's a terrible child voice, Nicole. Please do it. You're no, better. can you do it? I can't. How can you not do it? You're so good at it. No, yours is better. Oh, help, mommy, help. <laughs> so she followed this girl into a very dense area of the woods, and the little girl turned around and looked the 18-year-old in the eyes, and she saw nothing but black. The little girl then ran further into the woods, and the older girl was freaked out, just ran away as fast as she could. 
So yeah, I don't blame her. Once again, not sure these stories quite fit the Black Eyed Kids story that we're used to, but it's important to know because it is technically a child with black eyes. Right. So I feel like they can be grouped together. And the child was running away, so some people think that maybe she was running trying to lead them further into yeah. the forest. That's exactly what I thought with both of those stories. Right. That they run and they expect you to follow to chase them. them. Mm-hmm. And remember, it's before 1996, so maybe they just had a different tactic. Maybe. Maybe they had no idea about like the movie theater thing. And then those <laughs> right. other kids pioneered that. Exactly. But also, if you're not in a vehicle or in your home or something, they can't ask to be let, to be in. let in. So they have to ask you to come. It's on their turf. With them. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Checks out. So there's also a book called Black Eyed Children, and it's written by a man named David Weatherly. I didn't get the chance to read it, but he speaks of all of these accounts in the book, and one in particular that happened in 1974 in the Picardy region of N, I guess. N is how you say it in the French way. I don't know. I tried to pronounce it, so don't. It's spelled A-I-S-N-E. Ainen? Ainen? Or N? In France. Whatever. In France. A place in France. place in France. According to the story, two men who were only referred to as Alay and Patrick were driving through a small village around fall, and it was around 3 p.m. during the day. Sounds lovely. France, 3 p.m. in the fall. Take me. Take me away. Beautiful. So near the last house in the village, the two men saw five kids sort of huddled around this house. They said that three of them stood in the background and that one of them was tracing his hand along the house. While the other kid just stood facing the pair in the car. So just like staring them down. Weird. Alay wanted to get a better look. So he rolled his window down. He said that the kids just looked very strange. They were all similar in age and were all dressed in clothes that almost reached the ground and that their clothes were decorated with multicolor spots. Cute. I'm not sure what that means. That's how it was described in this article. Maybe it was a bad translation. That's what I'm starting to think, actually. It sounds a little bit pajama-y, like night shirts with, like, polka dots on it, maybe. Yeah. Or just maybe that their clothes were just kind of out of place. Yeah. We'll just take it like Like, that. They were, like, little tiny clowns or something. (laughs) I don't know. That's like the Jinko jean of France, you know? <laughs> That's like the classic Jinko. Yeah, like you wear clothes that almost go to the ground, but they never have spots on them. So when they do have spots, you're like, whoa. It's weird. Weird. They also described the kids as having yellow skin and long hair that went all the way down to their waists. I'm assuming they were, it was also probably greasy just because. Got to be. That's what we're going with. He said their noses were compressed inwards and that their eyes were enormous, solid black hemispheres the size of billiard balls. I am picturing this and I want to throw up. The kid who was closest to the car, who was the one that was staring at L.A. and Patrick, waved at the pair and he started to gesture his hands for them to come closer. L.A. and Patrick were then overcome with the sense of dread and frozen with fear. Alay screamed at Patrick to drive, and Patrick put the pedal to the metal and sped out of there. Fuck. They were so freaked out by this encounter that they went to the closest nearby town and told the locals what they had seen. They all returned to the scene, but the kids were nowhere to be found. 
Eight months later, an investigator went to the spot and started talking to neighbors. He interviewed one who said he had seen the kids out on the road that day, and he described the kids as being dressed in yellow oil cloth. Oh, greasy cloth. Greasy. Ew. So this one is also a little different than, I guess, what we would call a classic BEK story. I think it fits the mold, though, more so than the first ones. Yeah. Because this is, I mean, there are some differences, but the way in which they describe the eyes as abnormally large versus Brian's account of them just being normal and transforming into black eyes, I think that's significant. But if we're going along with the maybe they're learning how to make themselves look better thing. Maybe that's like their original form. Yeah, I can see that making sense. Right. Oh, it's freaking me out. I keep picturing them, and I am definitely going to have a nightmare about this tonight. Well, you know, it. I also found in my research, the more you talk about them, the more susceptible you are to them coming to your house. Okay, so they're just 100% so, a talpa. The last account I have for you is a story from a boy named Harold, and it takes place all the way back in the 1950s. Wow, basically 100 years ago. <laughs> back in the day. Harold was 16 years old at the time, and he was walking home from a friend's house when he noticed a small boy leaning on a fence in front of a house. Harold lived in a very small town, and everyone knew everyone, but Harold did not recognize this boy. Harold approached the boy and asked if he needed help, but the boy did not respond. He asked if he was hurt, and finally the boy replied, I want to go to your house. Take me to your house. It was then that Harold became frightened. Something was not right with this boy, but he just couldn't place it until the boy finally looked up and Harold saw that the boy had black eyes staring back at him. Whoa. Harold froze with fear. He then looked to the road, weighing his options of escape, and the boy spoke again in an assertive manner. And he said, now don't you run away from me. You're going to walk me to your house. (gasps) Harold instead ran away from the boy as fast as he could. He was too scared to turn back to see if the boy was chasing after him, but he heard an ear-piercing scream of anger fill the air, and Harold just pumped his legs even harder trying to get away. He compared the scream to that of a bobcat. Bobcat Goldthwaite. Oh my god, please do his voice of the scream of what it was for uh, us, please. Okay. No, don't run away from me. Walk me to your house. That's the exact noise that he heard. That's 100% 100%. what it was. What would be scarier, hearing a child talk like that or talk like a full, just regular adult? Oh my god, so scary. (laughs) That hurt my throat. Also, I'm never doing that again. Yeah, I don't know how you even did that. I don't know. I just channeled Bobcat. I'm impressed though. Did my eyes turn black when I did it? Yeah. For like a moment? Yeah. I felt it. Wait, they're still black. What? Shit. Oh, I'll blink a couple times. Good? (laughs) Okay, we're back. Okay, good. Harold then made it home safely, and he struggled to explain to his parents what he had just witnessed. So he told his parents, and his dad immediately grabbed a shotgun, and he made Harold bring him to the spot where the boy had been. But when they got there, the boy was nowhere in sight. But there was a VHS of Police Academy. (laughs) Harold's mom was a very religious woman and feared that Harold may have come into contact with the devil himself. So she brought Harold to a priest and had him blessed, 
just to be safe. Honestly, that's a good move. Not a bad idea. Nothing wrong with that. Not a bad idea. Mm -hmm. Now, there are many, many other accounts of black-eyed kids. And trust me, you can find them all on the internet if you search for them. Reddit especially. Love Reddit. The popularity of people claiming to have these experiences obviously happened after the whole Brian Bethel encounter was published. And But I wanted to give us a little background just to kind of showcase that these types of things have happened way before then. Because, I don't know, to me it gives their existence a little bit more credibility, you know? I definitely agree. And I actually have a couple stories that are also BBB. BBB? <laughs> before Brian Bethel. Oh, right. Yeah, yeah. So I have a few stories, too, if you want to keep rolling with the fun times and more Let's legends. keep rolling with the homies. All right. So this is from the Iroquois people which is a tribe of Native Americans from our beautiful country, America. (laughs) Yes, beautiful. (laughs) Sure. Um, They have always believed in the black-eyed children. They believe heavily in good and evil, bad energy, positive energy, and a life force called Orenda. The positive energy of Orenda, which I'm hoping that I'm saying that right, so if I say some of these words wrong... I'm super sorry, but it I... It looks like it's spelled that way. I think so, right? I think so. I'm not Iroquois, so super oh. sorry. Okay, so the positive energy of Orenda can be channeled to do anything and can be enhanced through good virtue, training, and life experiences. Like, you sort of build the positivity up, like you increase your good chi. Mm, okay. However, there is also an opposing force to the Orenda, the... I'm going to say Atkin. Otkin, that looks right, yeah. The Otkin. The Otkin is a broad term for negative energy. Things, beings, and or forces, if you will, that live in the world around us. It is believed that they try to penetrate this world from the underworld, the mm-hmm. skies, and other dimensions of consciousness and reality. Which is so freaking dope. That is pretty cool. It's so cool, right? It's like this force comes at you from all these angles and you have to try your best to fight it. Like when your boss tells you that you're going to have to come in on your day off because he needs those TPS reports on his desk first thing Monday. Okay. That'd be great. Well, that's Odkin. And you have to take it out to a field, like a copy machine that you mm, hate. And then to. you beat the ever-loving shit out of it because, damn, it feels good to be a gangster. That's your good Orenda force, beating the ever-loving shit out of your bad Otkin force. Fuck a TPS report is all I have to say. Oh, and remember, next Friday is Hawaiian Shirt Day. I'm having flashbacks. (laughs) The Iroquois believe that this evil force could possess and destroy people, animals, and objects, but it can also be harnessed into a weapon. Honestly, it sounds very cool. Mm. I'm sorry. It is believed by the natives of the Mohawk Valley... This negative power could be wielded by witches to create evil-minded ones, as they're called in the legend. The evil-minded ones are sort of like Satan. Fun fact here. When I was little, I thought that Satan and Satin were like the same word. (laughs) So Satan was called Satin, and I always wondered why someone so silky and luxurious would ever be considered evil. Well, speaking as somebody who does so, the textile medium of satin is sort of like Satan because it's terribly difficult to work with. Wow. So Satan was named after satin. Yeah. They're basically interchangeable. Makes perfect sense to Mm -hmm. me. Silky smooth and terrible (laughs) to deal with. 
Well, anyways, this silky smooth satin Satan took the form of a snake man. That's so hard to say. I'm lisping a lot. This silky smooth satin Satan took the form of a snake man who constantly tried to manifest itself in a human form. Also, I want to point this out. I'm getting a lot of Twin Peaks vibes with this story of uh-huh. evil manifesting itself. Maybe because I'm currently wearing a Log Lady sweatshirt, but don't you think? I do think, and your sweatshirt is also amazing. Thanks. Big Twin Peaks vibes. Totally. Everything, though, lately is reminding me of Twin Peaks. Yeah. I'm, mm-hmm. like, living and breathing yeah. it, so. So cr- I was, like in the Black Lodge the other day. I'm like, you know what this kind of reminds me of? Twin Peaks. Oh, the Black Lodge reminded you of Twin Yeah, Peaks. I was there. I was just there for like pie and like a really great cup of coffee. Mm, damn, damn fine. Damn fine cup of coffee. So this evil-minded one would go to Pound Town with unsuspecting <laughs> Iroquois women and then they would get pregnant mm. with a silky smooth snake baby. Mm. The baby would be born pale with chalky skin and pitch black eyes. So cute. It's adorable. These black-eyed kids would then be killed at birth or, well, shortly after, never living longer than a few days. The bodies would then be burned by tribal elders to prevent any sort of resurrection. Another legend stated that children found alone or lost in the woods would be easy prey for the evil-minded one, and he would project his evil force, or, again, Atkin, into them. Bob. Whoa, dude. Dude, Bob. The children would wander back home very confused and acting very strange. They would repeat themselves over and over, and they would pace around nervously. Shortly after returning home, their eyes would be solid black and soulless. Their good force had been stolen and replaced by the bad one. They would cause havoc and terrorize everyone in the tribe. They were super mean and described as ferocious, often trying to eat human flesh, which sounds sort of fun. Well, I mean, cannibalism is always fun. You know how I feel about it. Noelle loves it. She loves it. Not that I love to cannibalize. But if you had the opportunity to do it look, if you in a the, moral way, you too, we'd do it. We would do it. We'd totally do the do shit it. out of it. I don't even eat meat, but I would eat human meat you just got to try to. it once. You got to. No. Everything once, dude. Got to try it once. Got to. Okay, I have one more story that doesn't involve cannibalism. Aw. Actually... No, it doesn't. <laughs> um, sorry, guys. Stu- stick around for Cannibal Hour with Nick and No, where we get gross. Join our Patreon. <laughs> Join our Patreon to eat human flesh with us. Ew. <laughs> Just kidding. We don't have that tier yet, but we're working on it. We're, we're getting there. We're getting there. So this other story comes from Scandinavian folklore, which, again, is BBB mm-hmm. before Brian Bethel. Yeah. So V old here. Mm. This is the legend of the Ikea children. The children that get lost in the maze that is Ikea are often found living off lingonberry jam and those weird Swedish meatballs that they sell at the furniture store for some reason. Mm. Like, why are they selling food at a furniture store? I just want to know that. So they're living on this until their eyes turn solid brown. Some say that their eyes turn to Swedish meatballs. Yes, the brown-eyed children. Do you know what those meatballs are made of, Noelle? Who's going to tell her? I don't know. Who's going to tell her? What is it? Horse meat. Is it really? Yeah, they got in super big trouble because they were using horse meat. No shit. Yeah. Yeah, it's illegal to eat horses in America while in the United States. Uh, Yeah, they got 
it was a whole thing. You never, you've never heard that? No, I've never eaten them before. I've never eaten them either, but apparently something happened where they tested them and they tested positive for horse meat. Horse meat is a huge thing in most countries. Do, is it, have you, do people eat horses? Yeah, like all the time. Oh, that's okay, sad. so if you're new to the pod, which you're not, but if you are, I'm a horse girl. Okay? No, well, that's why I had to bring it up. Yeah, got I didn't want to say it. It's fine. Sometimes you take. You know what? 2021. I'm leaning in. I'm lean a fucking in. horse girl. Gotta lean in. Earlier it. today, I was wearing a horse shirt. Yesterday, I also wore a different. Wow, I have a lot of horse shirts. I'm a horse girl because you're a horse girl. That's what we do. I mm. ordered a sweatshirt on Etsy the other day that just says "horse girl" on it. <laughs> no, you didn't. I swear, I'm leaning in so hard, dude. I'm leaning no, in. Go for it. I want to talk about something called a mealing or a mealinger. Ooh. They are often depicted as having white eyes, like our white-eyed kids that we mm. chatted about earlier. Yeah. But they're very like black-eyed kids in attitude. You know mm. what I mean? Okay. Yeah, like they're bad boys and chinkos. <laughs> What if every single black-eyed kid just had to be wearing Jinko jeans? Yeah, because we're talking that into existence right now. Yeah, we're making it happen. And they all, they're all they always wearing clothes that is not of this time. Mm-hmm. So 90s clothes is so far. Yeah. 30 years away. Yeah, absolutely. So. We're And we're talking about Jinkos. We're putting it into the universe. Yeah. If you see a child with Jinkos on, mm. hit it with your car. Run. <laughs> Also, you could run, I guess. Watch it come back and then murders of... No, I'm not. No, never mind. <laughs> not saying that. All right, we're going to stop talking about that, too. We're getting really dark at the end of this episode, dude. <laughs> What's up with that? We've been talking about child murder and weird shit all day. Us. I'm just picturing, like, a news, like, a news anchor <laughs> being like, another string of the Jinko murderers. <laughs> What is it? The Jinko. What's another? What what would be like? Jinko jankers. The Jinko jankers. (laughs) On at 9 p.m. More updates about the Jinko janker. (laughs) A local that is suspected of killing children wearing Jinko jeans. Tune in then for more on the Jinko janker. On the Jinko janker. I want... I'm a Jinko janker on a t-shirt. <laughs> Jinko janker. <laughs> I would fully so wear that. I'm not worried about that happening, though, because I don't foresee that trend ever Jinko coming back. Jinko jeans coming back. So let's hope. No. Let's hope that a Jinko janker never has the opportunity to <laughs> become real. So these mealings that we were talking about. Right. Um, they are said to be the tragic spirits of victims of infanticide. Mm-hmm. They're ghostly child spirits who haunt the area where their murderers hid their bodies. Some of the lore say that the Mealingers want revenge against those that killed them. The babies' spirits, which just so cute, just like a gang of baby spirits, mm-hmm. hang around instead of going to the afterlife because they are unbaptized. Oh, shit. Yeah, so never skip your first exorcism, people. <laughs> That's rule number one. If you, if you have no idea what we're talking about, uh, please listen to our exorcism episode. Yeah. It's like, I don't know, two episodes back or something. Yeah, two. Yeah. Basically, babies need to be exercised. If you've been baptized, you've been exercised. That's a great motto. We're going to put that on a business card. We will. The mealingers are created when a child is unwanted and left for dead or gets killed, I guess, murdered. Mm. Lore pretty much always says that the murderer is the baby's mother. 
So I know, so harsh. I didn't want to say it, but we're going to go with it because it's everywhere. Yeah. So these murder mamas would bury their babies under the floor of their house or cover the body with stones, like sort of a burial mound, Mm -hmm. in the woods. The screams and cries of these children can be heard at night. They can also be heard singing a song of what happened to them, urging the passerby to find their mothers for revenge. Mm. Which, again, is bringing me back to the BEKs of earlier where they were singing the super creepy songs. Mm, Nursery rhymes, yeah. Yeah. The Mealing are also known to jump on lone travelers' backs (laughs) at night. You picturing this? Yes. In the woods, and then they demand to be buried. Holy shit. Can you imagine getting jumped by a ghost baby while having just a peaceful night hike? No. They just, like, jump on your back, and they're like, bury me. <laughs> oh, no. It's actually kind of really funny, though. It's extremely funny. <laughs> just like a giant ghost baby. Well, I guess speaking of which, the spirit is said to look like that of a child with haunting white eyes. Mm. And they're said to look like a baby, but they grow in size the closer you get to them. So they're just actually giant. That's terrifying. It's absolutely terrifying. And as the unfortunate victim is forced to carry the child, they increase in weight as they approach their final resting place. The mealing sucks the life force out of a person until they are so weak that they sink into the ground and die. Damn. One story mentions that if the remains of these children are found and given a proper burial, that they do not return as ghosts, but instead they rest in eternal peace. Oh, that's so nice. It is nice. So if a giant ghost baby jumps on you and is like, what did you say earlier? Bury me, where? Then if you just help them um, be buried, where? Then they'll be fine? Yeah. Totally cool? So just totally do what they want this one time. But they grow into an adult in your hands as you carry them? No, they're still babies. They're just massive. Oh. (laughs) Heard that wrong. Way more fucked up. Yeah. I have a famous story. There were so many of these, and they were really dark and twisted, and I didn't want to read them. Mm -hmm. But I have one that's very dark and twisted, but it's somehow the least dark and twisted. Mm, So I'd like to read it for you now. Okay. So this is about a mealing in Bergslagen, which is in Sweden. The tale tells of an old farmer on his way home from a tavern, where he hears a little boy asking him, Smorgi Borgi, Just kidding. He says, I don't know how to do a Swedish accent. I'm just going to do a regular voice. That's out of character for you. Should I do my little kid voice? Yeah. Yeah. Gribble, gribble. Can I breastfeed? (laughs) I hate saying that in my adorable voice. Your kid voice. The farmer tells the white-eyed little boy, no. But the boy continues to ask. Over and over and over and over, Jeez. like children do. Give it a rest. So eventually, this man gives in, and he says, if you have someone to breastfeed you, then do so. But you mustn't breastfeed off me, because I'm an old man. <laughs> <Right>? <laughs> then the boy runs away, and he's all giggling and weird and shit. And then the farmer comes home, and he finds his daughter, who was not involved in this story in any previous account for some reason, but she's lying dead in her bed with blood flowing from her breasts. Whoa. Yep. The spooky ghost baby sucked the life force right out of her nips. Well, that's not fair. She didn't agree to that. It's very rude. 
extremely rude. It's so rude. And also, mm. ouch. Yeah. And this was like the least twisted one that I could find. Well, and I also paraphrased heavily. <laughs> well, thanks for that. You're welcome. It was dark and like, I didn't want to read it. Old fairy tales freak me out, dude. They're so dark. They're so They're scary. so dope, though. I love it. Yeah. Well, that's all the ghost stories that I have for now. Well, remember at the beginning of the episode when I teased that I had a little story. Oh, yeah. To tell you guys. Well, now is the point in the episode where I tell that story to you. Please be telling them so, to me. Thank you. All of the stories we've talked about. No one has let one of these beings in. Or I guess if they have, they didn't live to tell the tale. Mm. But I have an article about a story of someone who has, and they have lived to tell Whoa. the tale. Oh, obviously they wrote the article. Exactly. Wow. This article comes from the website called Week and Weird, and it's actually run by my personal favorite paranormal investigating duo, Ooh. Greg and Dana Newkirk. Love them. Who I've talked about before in the Kelly Hopkinsville Goblins episode, still always recommending Hellier, and they're actually coming out with a season three. So, Oh, really? If you like weird, definitely check out Amazon Prime. They have two seasons out. Yeah. Season three is coming out. Yeah. So if you haven't watched it, it's so dope. Check it. Mm-hmm. Anyways, this is an account from a woman who actually sent an email into them, and she claims that she let a black-eyed kid into her home and she is now suffering from the repercussions of it. So she starts off by saying that she let a black-eyed kid into her home, and she's now terrified that she might die because of it. All right, pretty straightforward here. Pretty straightforward. She lives in a rural town in Vermont, similar to Harold, in which everyone knows everyone, and people don't even lock their doors at night, which, Whoa. big mistake, don't care how small of a town you live in, no nope. lock your fucking doors. Yeah, dude. Anyways, they live in a small house off of a dirt road, somewhere somewhat secluded, and that night, they were in the middle of a snowstorm. Just like we are right Just like now. tonight. Which is another trend that we see with black-eyed kids. Usually, some sort of bad weather is happening when they arrive, which is actually kind of freaking me out now, because I have to drive home in this weather, so... You'll be fine. Just Whatever. Stay, uh, just stay in the attic. It's much safer here. We know the ghosts inside. It's true. Anyways, it was two in the morning when they heard a knock on the door. The woman looked out the window and saw that their motion sensor light had been activated. And then she also spotted footprints in the snow. So another creepy thing to add is that these beings have physical bodies. Yeah. So just adds to the creep factor. That is maybe scarier than them in general. Yeah. Yeah. She didn't see a car, which struck her as odd because they were in the middle of nowhere. And she could, but she could see that someone was standing at her front door. So she woke up her husband and the two of them go to answer the door. They open the door and they are met by two children who have their faces pointed towards the ground. She notes that they had strange haircuts and also strange clothing, so fitting into this trend that we're seeing. Yeah, they were super greasy. Like, on unreal. Jinko jeans were just out of this world with that flair. The girl had long hair, she says, and the boy had a dated bowl cut, 
as she described it. So he's got a bowl cut. <laughs> did your brothers have bowl cuts in the 90s? You know what? They never did. What? My that neighbor is... did, though, and he was made fun of for it. Oh, my brothers had it. Did they? Oh, yeah. Mm. It was sick, though. Mm. It was lush. <laughs> the children were not dressed for the weather. Remember, it's the middle of a snowstorm. Mm, classic. And she says that they were just very unnerving and that they would not make eye contact with them. They asked her and her husband if they could come in. Her husband was the one at the door, and he turned back and looked at her, like, kind of like, what do you want me to do? What am I supposed to do? So right. she asks them, where are your parents? To which they reply, they will be here soon. So her thinking that they had possibly been in an accident and also feeling bad because they weren't dressed for the weather, despite all of her intuition and her gut feeling just screaming at her not not to let them in, she lets them in. It's hard, dude. I get it. Yeah, I, I definitely get it, too. So she lets them in. Then she goes into the kitchen to make some hot cocoa. Mm-hmm. And her husband leads the kids into the living room where she says that she can hear him questioning them from the kitchen. And he's asking, were you in a car crash? Are you OK? Like, what's going on? And they just keep replying, our parents will be here soon. The woman then noted that their four cats were all hiding except for one who was in the kitchen with her. Mm. And she said usually her cats are very friendly. And when somebody comes to the door, usually kind of like your cat, she has to prevent them from running out or trying to, you know, get through the door. Which So she thought it was weird that they were hiding when they let these kids in. Super weird. Her cat, Pigeon, which is an adorable name. Oh, that's so cute. Was in the kitchen at the time. And when she, while she was making the hot cocoa, she said that his hair was standing up and he was in a very defensive stance staring towards the living room. Creepy. He then started to hiss and growl and he then hid under the kitchen island, which if you have animals, trust their instincts to especially cats they i feel like they're the most intuitive animal yeah dude um sidebar i was sitting on my bed Mm -hmm. um which is like what one like three feet away from the attic stairs yeah and killian my kitty kit she was sitting there with me and it was really late at night and i heard the door push which happens Mm -hmm. and then i heard footsteps in the hallway Leading down from the attic, uh-huh. which no one was in at the yeah. time. Yeah, and Killian was sound asleep and under a blanket, and she was up in, like, less than a second. Ears, I sent you a picture. Yeah. Ears pricked forward, like, what the fuck yeah. is over there? She jumps down from the bed, and she's making that, like, weird, like, row noise. Like, what's going on over here? Mm. And then she came back, like, 20 minutes later and picked a bed. So I guess it wasn't a threat. But, well, she heard she it. She heard it. She knew something was going on. Well, that just goes to show you that your ghost isn't bad. No. So maybe she pet her. She's a sucker for pets. <laughs> so this woman goes back into the living room, and she finds the kids on her couch, and her husband is holding his head in his hands. Because he said all of a sudden he just started to feel dizzy. So she turned to give the kids their cocoa. And that's when she sees it. The pitch black eyes. (gasps) They recognize her fear and immediately ask if they could use the bathroom. So she shows them to the bathroom and they both go in. Which is kind of odd. It's a female. It's a male and a female. Right. So 
weird a little. Then all of a sudden, her husband's nose starts to bleed, and she gets very scared. She starts to cry, and then as she's running to go get tissues for her husband, the power goes out. Fuck that shit, dude. Horror movie central. (laughs) Oh my god. Her husband calls her name, and she turns around from where she is grabbing the tissues, and she comes face to face with the black-eyed kids standing in the hallway, just staring at her. No, 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 no. After a moment of terror, the boy says, our parents are here. And they just walked out of the door and left. Left the door open, too. Okay, first off, very rude. Rude. (laughs) Very rude. So they close the door, they lock it, and they look out the window, and they saw the children get into a car at the end of their driveway. And inside of the car were two tall men wearing black suits. So they get in, and then they just drive away. An hour later, the power comes back on, and everything's fine. But over the next few months, three of their four cats just went missing. No. Never found them. I know. This is the sad part. They came home one day to find their cat, Pigeon. No. The one who was in the kitchen. Dead in a pool (gasps) of his own blood. No. She said it looked as if he had just been vomiting blood. Pigeon, no. And the vet claimed that it was some sort of hemorrhage. Then her husband started to get frequent nosebleeds, and he went to see a doctor. He was then diagnosed with an aggressive skin cancer, which they think, in the article she says, they think that he's going to recover, but it's strange because they can't explain how this overcame him and how it just happened so quickly out of nowhere. Right. He wasn't a hard labor guy. He didn't work outside. Yeah. There was nothing he didn't frequent tanning beds there was nothing really to show that this should have just overcome him and acted in this aggressive way like that it was just kind of weird since their invitation to the black eyed kids she has experienced dizzy spells and also frequent nosebleeds and she says that her health is is deteriorating claiming to be in the worst condition of her life that was a scariest story you know how, like, entities give off radiation, mm-hmm. aliens and stuff, mm-hmm. skin cancer, yeah. radiation, tumors, people get tumors, people mm-hmm. get renal failure, people's health decreases. I wonder if that's a thing. Ooh. Like, maybe they give off some weird radiation. Yeah, like, like other entities too. do. Yeah. Possible. So there's that. They ask to be invited in. Mm-hmm. Maybe I'm reading too much into this, but if you say, yes, come in, are you just saying, yes, come into your house? Or are you saying, yes, come into your soul? Are you saying, yes, come into your physical being? What are you allowing them into? Anything and everything? I love this discussion, but I want to continue it on the after show. All right. That's pretty good. <laughs> all right. So then I guess that's all we have for Black Eyed Kids in the regular episode. Yeah. And I guess the moral of the story is never allow kids into your home punch every child you see don't trust them (laughs) don't look them in the eye and don't look yeah just don't trust kids and don't let them in your house no because they could give you cancer kick a child where we (laughs) moral of the story is we kick a child we fully endorse kicking children if they have black eyes or white eyes or white eyes or just like weird (laughs) (laughs) or greasy hair You know what? We're not here to tell you which children to kick and not kick 
or reliable? No. Do we endorse it? <laughs> sure. Some kids deserve it. Talk to our lawyer. <laughs> Anyways, listener mail? Okay, so we have a fun listener mail. We have a couple listener mails that I want to read. They're short ones, so okay. we're going to read two, okay? Okay. This is from our listener, Court. Hey, Court. Mm. Hey, Court. We sort of have like a lineup of listener mails that are ready to go that we're mm. like going to put in each episode. Okay. But I'm super sorry to everyone else. Um, we skipped hers to the front because it pertains to last week's episode. <gasps> and I thought it was sort of relevant and very Ooh. fun. Plus, I want to get your thoughts on this. Okay? okay. She says, hello there. I assume that she's saying it. I just recently <laughs> started listening to your podcast and I love it. So thank you for putting out quality content. Mm, Thank you. I have been searching for a new podcast to listen to and have burnt through so many because they all suck. (laughs) And thanks to the Instagram gods, I found you guys. Yay. I kicked off your podcast with the newest episode about Harvey Glattman. And when I listened to the part about death penalties, I thought I'd reach out with a crazy fun fact. Ooh. So I live in Utah, and I believe the option to be executed by firing squad is still legal here. The last person to be executed in Utah was in 2010, and he opted to be executed by firing squad. I think I remember. I think I remember that. I definitely don't. I remember, like, reading about that, I swear. So there's that. That's my spiel. Anyways, love the podcast and can't wait to binge the rest of the shows. Your new listener and friend, Court. Oh, thank you. So that's super fun. That is <laughs> oh, fun. Well, you know what uh, I mean. Yeah, 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 yeah. Like if you had to be executed, like mm-hmm. you were caught stealing um, too many pieces of pie and mighty fine <laughs> cups of coffee from the local diner. Okay. And they're like, we know you've been doing this for years. Mm-hmm. And at this point, we're executing you. Oh, shit. Which method would you choose? Out of all the methods? Out of all the methods, assuming they're all available. How would you want to die if you had to be executed? That's, wow. Um, I, you know what? I'm going to go out with a bang. I'm going to choose firing squad. Damn, it was pretty metal. Yeah, you yeah. got to. Got to, got right? To. How about you? Um, hmm. Can I pick anything or does it have to be like a government sanctioned thing? You made me pick a government sanctioned thing. Okay, yeah, I guess that's fair. Um, I'd probably be super boring, to mm-hmm. be honest. Like, I just want to keep it classic, want to keep it cool, you know right. what I mean? Guillotine. How cool is that? Plus, your head That's lives cool. for, like, eight seconds afterwards, so... Painful, though. You don't think painful? I think it's all pain. I think dying is painful. Well... If you gotta go... You gotta go. Yeah. I'd wear, like, a really <laughs> nice hat, too, I think, would be important. We have one more fun little listener mail-ish thing, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, it's actually a DM, but... It's from listener Jennifer, and it's about Harvey Gladman, so we're going to count it as another listener mail. Okay. So it's super short, and it's super fun. Okay. So you want to read this one? My turn? Yep. Yeah, I do. Okay, so Jennifer says, hey, y'all. Love that. Hey, y'all. She's so cute. Just finished latest. Just finished the latest episode. Holy shit. Harvey Gladman. Yeah, dude. Yeah, dude. I wanted to toss out my opinion on his remarkably weird-ass penis string slash rope incidents because I've had a couple kids, and based on all the gross kid knowledge I've accumulated, it's really rare for kids to even really notice slash explore their genitalia at age three. Yes. Jennifer... seems normal, you know? 
oh my gosh, right? Totally normal. Absolutely. <laughs> to just be like. To not do that. <laughs> Most kids are just out of their diapers or transitioning out of them. And they have so much going on developmentally. I didn't really think of that. I didn't think of that either. Yeah. Neither of us have kids. So I don't have a kid weird. timeline. Yeah. Weird. That's good point. They are also like sponges that absorb their environment and imitate adult behavior. So I suspect he was molested or witnessed something that influenced his behavior. I agree with that. I fully agree with this too. Definitely. 100%. Also, a three-year-old can't tie their shoelaces because they lack those fine motor skills. So how would he tie the string at all? I don't know. But I do know that was one hell of a story. I may never look at a string and rope the same. (laughs) Well, I'm so sorry we ruined rope for you. Yeah, sorry. (laughs) Um, But I fully agree with everything she has said. Yeah. Yeah, it makes total sense. There's no way he would learn that on his own. No. No. Or I didn't even think about like, I don't know. I don't have like a child timeline. So I just assume like after you're an infant, you're an adult kind of. Right. Um, The diaper thing is a huge thing to point out. You can't tie your shoelaces. How are Mm -hmm. you tying a string? Yeah. It's all fucked up, dude. So weird. I wish we knew more about his childhood. Yeah. And we also actually... Uh, we forgot to do this on our last episode because oh yeah, it's very new to us. But we have some patrons to thank. We sure do. So welcome to all of our new coven acolytes. Yes. So thank you to Savannah L. Thank you to Tim M. Katie B. Thanks so much, dude. Kaylee O. You rock. Mike B. In the garden. What's up, dude? Shout out to Sana Kesa from... Finland? Yeah, dude. So What's cool. up? Hope I said that name right. And if we're getting international with it, thank you so much to Crazy Chris from Germany. That so was crazy. not a German accent. <laughs> thank you to Robin P. And Lisa H. Thanks so much. And Bethany E. as well. You rock. Thank you all so much for subscribing to our Patreon. We are so grateful. And may the magic ever in your favor all of our source material will be provided for you guys in the description so if you don't want to do any more research it'll be all there for you and if you have any cool listener mail you want to comment on a previous episode or maybe one time you saw a black-eyed kid or a white-eyed kid yes. or you kicked a child in jinko jeans <laughs> we want to hear about it i really especially I the last one really want to hear about yeah the last for sure one. so if you did that send it our way yeah um, you can email us at quiteunusualpod at gmail.com or as always, please, please, please slippery slide into those DMs. Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, MySpace, not on Parlor. But hey, you just shout it out your window and we might hear you if you live close enough. <laughs> smoke signals. That's right. That's smoke signal to quite unusual pod on all the social media and smoke signal platforms. And remember to celebrate the strange. And while you're at it, keep it unusual. Bye. Now comes the part of our show where we give praise to the all-knowing leaders. Mm, we're not worthy. Supporters we're not worthy. of the podcast and benevolent beings. To Kaylee O, a professional interpreter of alien languages. Rumor has it she's the only one that can translate what Michael Jackson means by hey And to Tim M, who once went off into the untouched forest in order to hunt Bigfoot, but ended up 
actually just learning how to play chess from him, and now they are pen pals for life. And to Michael B., the co-pilot of injured cold spaceship, he never stops to ask for directions, but he always makes sure to keep that ship fully stocked with beer and salty snacks. And finally, to Spencer W., who, in his search for the best damn fine cup of coffee, stumbled upon a grove of sycamore trees, and now he only eats cream corn and talks backwards. Thank you to all of our coven members on Patreon. Without you, we are nothing. We're not worthy. We're We're not not worthy. worthy.